Let's turn to the final part of today's one, two, three show, and that is trash talk. And this week on trash talk, Marcy Trent Long speaks with District Councillor Paul Zimmerman um, about looking at ideas of recycling centres and putting them uh, in public markets. Hey, trash talk listeners! Today we're going to talk about how to make recycling in Hong Kong. More convenient. With us today is a guest who's been on the show a few times, Paul Zimmerman, chairman of the initiative Drink Without Waste and a district councillor. Welcome back to the show, Paul. Thanks for having me, Marcy. Well, I'm happy to say, Paul, that you never have a shortage of ideas on how to improve Hong Kong, which we really welcome. Um, but let's start the discussion today of an idea that actually the chief executive had, which I think you support, which is the proposed merger of the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department, FEHD, and the Environmental Protection Department, EPD. Well, what does that imply and why do you support it? And do you think it would really happen? Uh, uh, We definitely hope so. And and it would be really good for Hong Kong. It's something that uh, we've uh, promoted for the last 12 years, uh, and, we, and we described it as creating a waste authority uh, because uh, the FEHD has the refuse collection places and, uh, and it has an army of street cleaners and it collects the rubbish. Uh, and the Environmental Protection Department has the uh, recycling facilities, uh, the landfills, and, and also they, they look after the environment implementation of our environmental laws and enforcement of littering and things like that. So if you want to uh, be or- better organized, then you have to take all of those assets from both and put them together into one. Um, and, I, and to me, there is there are some simple examples. Uh, the street cleaners are on the street. They're walking around everywhere. Um, if they could, and they see somebody littering, then why shouldn't they be the one that could take the photograph and make sure that the guy could find? Uh, why does that they have to then make sure that the environmental protection guys get involved? Um, and it's just a waste of time and therefore nothing happens. So, uh, so putting these two assets together does make a lot of sense. What would be the steps to see it happening? Like, do you see well, any steps happening to make it? So, uh, Putting it together, I believe the it's, it's the simple one where they put both organizations directly on the one bureau, and then the bureau will, over time, have to figure out how they merge the operations of these two departments. They're very different. Um, FEHD is, uh, you know, the, the, the street cleaners who have grown up to run and manage their own operations. EPD is like Hong Kong U graduates that... Uh, that have joined government and they come up with all kinds of strategic plans. So you have a very different uh, type of persons working there. And for them to work together as a team, it's going to take some effort. So that will be the challenge. Well, you highlighted in a recent SCMP opinion piece um, that one of the benefits of the merger might be that maybe we have um, recycling centers in the public markets. So the FEHD, manages the public markets is that right no. yeah correct so that's the the food section under the food and environmental hygiene department so that's the food section uh they operate that and at the same time you got uh, the environmental protection department who's trying to set up these green stores and uh, they pay a lot of money they, they set up these stores um, 
not very far away from the uh, from the public markets, and they pay a lot of money for that to pay commercial rent, uh, which can be one hundred dollars, one hundred thirty dollars a square foot. Whereas at the public market, just a, a street over, uh, the, the the rent is somewhere or it could be anywhere between fifty cents to to thirty dollars. So it's a much lower cost option. Uh, the there are other benefits as well. I mean, the, the neighborhood goes shopping there when they leave their home and they take the recyclables with them for them to be able to drop it off at the, at the, at the market where they're buying the veggies. It's, it's just makes it easier for them. And if it's more convenient, more people are going to recycle. Uh, and then the markets themselves, they have a lot of, uh, recyclable materials, packaging materials like, uh, styrofoam boxes or carton boxes and so on. So they, they themselves have a lot of volume for recycling. So to actually put a recycling center or point in the market would make a lot of sense. And if we now have FEHD and EPD under one bureau, maybe it becomes easier to uh, to actually achieve. Uh, would, would they uh, try it, it, to just, argue sanitary issues? I mean, I must say, when you walk into the community green station, let's say in Tin Hau, it's it's all brand new. It's like wood. It's really fancy, right? And well, the front super of, clean, the front, and I bring recyclables that are like, you know, a total mess. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's the funny thing about the, the green stores. Uh, they have the, the clean area, the front of house, <laughs> and where you put your stuff. And if you then go behind, but people don't really see, is the back of house operations where they do a lot of the sorting and where they got a big compressor when, because that's the logistics area. Well, the markets have a similar setup. They got the front of house where the shops are and, and back of house. All of these markets have an area where the trucks arrive, where the, where the food arrives, where, uh, the, the, the refuse materials get taken away. So they have, they have a good, uh, logistics setup. And that's is also a real advantage for putting, for putting the, the green stores there because the green stores require logistics. And a lot of people complain that the green stores in the neighborhoods, in commercial shops, there's a lot of materials put outside. Uh, they do a lot of the packing uh, outside. They're leaving the, the compressed materials waiting out uh, the, the logistics, the truck to come and pick it up. They leave it outside on the pavement because the commercial shops that don't, are not designed for logistical works. They don't have a loading bay and they don't have a large uh, area internally for doing all this, this handling of materials that uh, will uh, packing and storage and then loading it and loading it out. So um, markets have those that infrastructure. So that's another great advantage why markets really should have a, a, a recycling point. Yeah. And in your opinion letter, you gave some uh, pricing examples, right? Like hmm. the tin, how, how much is the, do you remember how much about the tin, how rent was? It was like 400,000 Hong Kong a month or something. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, this, there is the Tin Hao Green Store is around four hundred thousand operation cost according to the reports, and uh, of that is about one hundred thirty thousand is rent, um, which comes to about one hundred hundred or one hundred thirty dollars a square foot. Uh, whereas the nearby market is just four and a half dollars a square foot. So I mean, it's, it's from a, it's, it's, it's commercial sense too for government to save on public funds. To, uh, to use these markets infrastructure and the markets, most of the markets have some vacant space so they, they, they can reorganize uh, themselves in terms of the allocation of space and make sure that they 
put the green the, the green store where the recyclable materials are delivered. Uh, make sure they are as close as possible to the back of house, so you have uh, you minimize your risk of any uh, dirty materials being getting close to the uh, to the to the clean shopping area. Uh, so that would be really helpful, and uh, we hope they will do that. So I hope see. so too. Well, how about during COVID? Do you, do people are they just as willing to go to the public market as the sanitary Tinhau community center? You think or? Uh, I think it's about convenience in terms of your route. Uh, the COVID situation is, uh, I mean, that's the shops are dealing with that problem and the markets are dealing with the problem. Uh, and I say we, the, the government is undertaking a market modernization program. They're spending $2 billion on fixing up the markets. Uh, they're nice. starting in Aberdeen. And, uh, you know, when we looked at those plans, uh, we asked them to COVID proof the plans, uh, and, and we pointed out a very simple one, the toilets inside the building, they required you to open and close doors uh, instead of having a zigzag to to walk into it. So you didn't, you know, you, you can get in and out the toilet area uh, without touching anything, except for the, the doors, of course, of the actual toilet. But then you have a wash basin, but on, from the wash basin out, you don't have to touch anything anymore. And, and it took uh, 12 months to get them to change the plans to the point that the wash basin, you know, you could go to and from the wash basin without having to touch anything. And I think those, okay. those are kind of simple things that are essential if you want to maintain a high hygiene standards in these operations. Right. And, and then kind of to your point of the convenience, January 7th, they stopped the drop-off of collect. I, they must do, I think the EPD and some of the community green stations then do collection service recycling spots, maybe at housing estates and things like that. So so now you're really narrowed down to just the 11 or 12 community recycling centers. And then I guess there's 16 NGO recycling collection centers. So it becomes quite narrow, right? It's a hassle when you have to take your recycling a long way. Yeah, well, the, everything related to COVID um has has increased is the pressure on the landfills uh you know us eating at home uh from takeout food because you know the restaurants aren't aren't, aren't open um then uh all the extra the all the the waste materials that you have from you know COVID activities like tests and wearing yes. masks and stuff like that um and and then the the issue of uh, of the of these public spaces where uh, we can't go. So, so the, the, they don't want us to bring recyclable materials to a public space because it could be, it could be contamination with it. Um, so, uh, so it's a real problem, COVID, in, in many ways that, that is creating more pressure on the landfills. Uh, and should Hong Kong be so sensitive about it? Whether it comes down to this whole discussion about Hong Kong's zero COVID policy. Um, and, you know, basically the rest of the world has abandoned it. Uh, and they're moving on uh, and forward in, in the whole world. But in Hong Kong, we're still striving this for the zero COVID, and, and that's creating a lot of extra waste and stops us from recycling. This is a real shame. It is a real shame, yeah. It's funny because I, I feel like there has been a lot of, uh, maybe it's because it's just been a, a time for EPD to kind of pause and you know think about what they're doing in FEHD, but there's been a lot more government initiatives. So in the last two years doing this show, it used to be a lot of volunteers, a lot of like small businesses 
that were creating all these recycling opportunities. And now I can see it shifting more and more into EPD's purview and maybe hopefully FEHD. So, which is kind yeah, of normal, well, right? I mean, no, most countries have a municipal waste center, which we don't. Yes. And, and, and they have to make, and they have to create space for it and they have to make sure that it's well managed. Uh, and I, I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, the right way of, of that we're going to use these little commercial shops with, with poor uh, logistics infrastructure. On the other hand, it, it brings it closer to the community and it makes it looks good. And so it kind of puts recycling into uh, closer to, uh, to the eyes of many people that maybe otherwise are not so sensitive to it. And so it's part of an education process. So I think Hong Kong will get there. Uh, and they're moving forward with recycling. So, um, so we'll support it with drink without waste. Uh, we're quite confident, uh, that we're going to be able to get a producer responsibility scheme for beverage packaging in place, uh, and, and working. Last year, uh, we did a pilot scheme and we picked up 50 million bottles out of the market with a pilot scheme, a small, with us offering a small subsidy to cleaners, five cents a bottle. Um, and it was hugely successful. Now we're uh, looking into replicating that but uh, uh, and then testing out how we can make sure that we can control the quality of the bottles that come back um, and to make sure that kind of nobody, um, you know, that it's, that it's secure for the people that are funded to know that the money spent in the right way, that it's not getting lost along the way. But that process of making making sure about that Make sure that that is not too expensive. So if you have to put RVMs everywhere to check every bottle, uh, the RVMs are expensive, maintaining them is expensive. So we're trying to figure out a way of, of making it work um, by connecting with all the cleaners and recyclers that are already currently doing paper and metal for them to also pick up the, uh, and process the, the plastic bottles in the, at the same time and put some money in their hand um, uh, to make sure that they will be motivated to do that. So, so that's, uh, that is, uh, that's now our, our biggest challenge. And we think we're going to be able to get there and have schemes operating later this year, uh, that uh, we can really scale up, uh, throughout Hong Kong. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, on that optimistic note, I think we'll, uh, thank you so much for coming in and imparting your wisdom as always, Mr. Zimmerman. And <laughs> Marcy, Paul, it is <laughs> for you and for all the listeners. Mrs. Zimmerman is, as I always say to people that say, call me Mrs. Zimmerman. Mrs. Zimmerman is my father. My name is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, have a great day. So, Trash Talk listeners, you know, write some letters, send a note to EPD and FEHD, and tell them that you want your recycling centers in the public markets where it's easy to drop off and um, and continue your efforts to make Hong Kong a better place. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. 
Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for this week's Trash Talk. And Marcy was talking to District Councillor Paul Zimmerman uh, about uh, looking at ideas of uh, various recycling centres uh, being located in public markets. Many thanks once again uh, to you, Marcy.